was gonna I was gonna see mm. if I could try and do a Nick Cage voice, but I don't think I can. No, it, it, it I can of, hear it in my head. His but voice like, is so it, different in every film weird. as well. Mm. He's one of the true actors, you know. Yeah, he really. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not that keen on people who like. Killing me won't bring back your goddamn honey. That's not. That's not what he sounds like at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not right. No, 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 yeah. no. We need to go away and welcome you to Nick Cage. Now, I'm not that keen on people who do the whole kind of like, oh, yeah, like, I love Nick Cage because he's in like bad films. It's like, you shut the fuck up. Every every Nicholas he's Cage film. He's in 50% bad films no, and 50% no, no, excellent no, no, films. No, it's a no, weird. No, 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 no. I don't think so. I don't think so. Nicholas mm. Cage is in only good films. Interesting. That's my opinion. Could I take a Socratic approach and ask, are the films good because Nick Cage is in them, or is Nick Cage in them because they're good films? Both. (laughs) (laughs) It's a kind of circular justification. I see. Yeah, one of my favourite films growing up was a Nicolas Cage film. Um, Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh, that was one of my favourite films. Film. Blonde like Angelina Jolie. Oof. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, see I, see, I don't... I can't vibe with Blonde Angelina Jolie. It doesn't look right. Mm. It, it's just not correct. She just does not have a blonde face. Does it challenge you? Is it too bold? It's too much. Um, yeah, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of it. Nicholas Cage is almost doing like <laughs> Biden voice in that film. He's doing that weird kind of like, yeah, well. Oh, I don't think I will. <laughs> he keeps his lips very close. Like his yeah. whole mouth posture is very close to his face. Want to steal very this tense. car, Jack? <laughs> yeah. I ain't 62, Shelby Mustang. <laughs> Eleanor. I yeah. love that like, he, see, Biden seems to be building this whole thing as like, I have really not paid any attention to him because mm. I, why? But like the persona that people made fun of him for was being like, he's this guy that thinks he's like a weird 1950s greaser somehow, even though mm. the, the time there doesn't really check out. But then yeah. every clip I see of him, he's always trying to sort of posture himself as like a car guy. You know, that like, yeah, ah. man, my, my dad could really drive a car or he was in some electric <laughs> car the other day and he like, he chirped the wheels a little bit when he took off because he was like trying to take off in second or whatever. And you're like, okay, Amazing. that's that's cool, I guess, that you can drive a car. I, I guess that's something maybe the others couldn't. I mean, Trump can't drive. So at least- No, that's true. Had that can actually not drive. He doesn't have a license. Uh, I've never seen him drive. Well, yeah, but I mean, and all of his, all of his like spoken fantasies are about driving. Like he mm. never, he never says like, oh, you know, it'd be so cool if you could like go invisible. It'd be so cool if you could fly. Like yeah. all he like fantasizes about is driving. So oh, imagine if you owned a car, <laughs> just imagine the imagine, feeling of depressing imagine, a clutch. Just, just imagine, imagine if you could like, drive to the shops. Mm. Imagine just being able to get in a truck and just go. A lot of people, they're, they're saying I can't drive, but it's it's not true, actually. I, I can. I drive a lot. I drive very strongly. There's a, there, there's a store I'll drive there. It's not a problem for me. I would, I'd like to see Biden drive around in a kind of presidential hot rod with, like, flames on it. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd of... like him to have, like, a Pope-mobile, but... <laughs> I was picturing more of a Dragula-type situation. <laughs> <laughs> like, it can't really turn, but it can go very fast in a straight line. <laughs> How long would it take Biden to boost a car? 
That's what I want to know. Oh, yeah. But gone in 60 <laughs> seconds with Joe Biden. Gone in 60 seconds with Joe Biden, but it refers to his memory. <laughs> <laughs> um, hello and welcome to yet another edition of Masters of Our Domain, a podcast where we talk about Seinfeld all of the time. Um, I'm Milo Edwards, someone who's never seen Seinfeld, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host, Phoebe Roy. Hello. That is all she ever says. Um, and this week we are joined by a very special guest uh, all the way from down under. Uh, it's Ben McClay do, from Bunta Vista. Do. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing very well. Thank you for pronouncing my name correctly. That almost never happens. That's very nice. Oh, wow. I was I was worried on your behalf, uh, and it oh, turns okay. out that that worry was completely unfounded. What do you What do you normally get? I'm loving to imagine that they're getting the Ben wrong. Ben <laughs> <laughs> McClay. It's very strange. Uh, people like to insert phantom letters in there just because the an oh. E and A and a Y is so many. So they'll be like McCleary, and I'm like Noah McCleary. Go ahead. <laughs> Certainly, nothing, none of that in there. Uh, people try and pronounce particularly it with, good. Oh, it's amazing! I get these nearly constantly. It's one of those names where you just got to like. In my head, McClay is pronounced McClay M C L E A Y. Like it's just I pre- mm. spell it the moment I say it. It's great. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you did it. That was beautiful. I, I've succeeded. That's me. I, if the one thing I do do is pronounce the guest names. Yeah. Um, mm. We actually had a thing on Trash Future <laughs> where there's a guest we had on a lot um, who's an economist called uh, James Meadway. But the way that he spells his name, it will be much more conventionally pronounced Medway. And we'd been calling him James Medway for years. And then it was only Oof. one day when he was on an, a Halloween episode of the show. And I made a joke about how his name was James Deadway. He's like, well, you'd have to do some violence to the pronunciation of my name to make that work and i'm like wait is your name <laughs> no, is your name meadway and he was like yeah and he just been like silently letting yeah. us, letting us call him medway I've been for call- years I didn't, i've been calling him medway as well because that's how it's spelled i mean that, i mean in fairness that's yeah. not how it's we're spelled. coming <laughs> for you medway if <laughs> yeah. you're listening to Look, this james like we like you but have a fucking word because this is not how you say have it a word with the spelling <laughs> of your name yeah. Well, yeah we try and discourage having uh British listeners where we can uh, for various mm. reasons, but we will occasionally get people getting quite mad at us for, you know, how uh, English place names love to have these sort of pronunciation conventions that are not visible mm. to the naked eye. You know, there are things oh, that absolutely. have picked up in Australian place names as well. We have similar mm. ones, but there are particularly inscrutable ones where they're like, oh, it's spelt with an E, but it's pronounced like an O. And then you ignore four other letters that are in the middle of it. And then people reply being like, you dumb fuckheads how could you possibly mm. have mispronounced that and then we say well you, you love, live on depression island we don't really care what yeah. you think please never write like into this, us again this is why we sent you there yeah because <laughs> you don't know the names <laughs> that is right that's what the prison was originally there for just yeah. just look at the name just mm. go no can't fucking say that off yeah. you go you pronounce beauty wrong once off you go off to prison to island with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you get out you can farm some sheep yeah that's right isn't it uh, sheep. Yeah, there's, they, a potted there's, <laughs> a, there's a potted there's history. There's a reasonable, I think, cattle and sheep farming industry in Australia. I think you could oh, say. Oh, I think yeah, we're one of the largest sheep markets in the world. There you mm. go. There you mm. go. Mm. The real, the real oh. Australian New Zealand handshake meme. I'd like to go to a sheep market. Farming <laughs> some sheep there. Buy, buy some sheep. Pick up some sheep. Oh, at the some market. Sheep. Not sure what you do with them. But... Keep them in the garden. Okay. I was briefly well... picturing a market run by sheep, which, <laughs> while much more idyllic. Probably not feasible. Uh, it's, it's too many complications. Well, it's better than a flea market where, to be honest, you don't even know who you're dealing with. 
Yeah. Yeah. Again, you have uh, predicted a little uh, little side joke that is coming up in Seinfeld. Not in this episode, but in a oh. couple of episodes time. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, shall we attempt shall to we, talk about? Shall Seinfeld? we attempt to discuss um, this episode? Don't, don't worry, Ben. With, we won't be talking about Seinfeld too with much. The material. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. We like to very superficially engage with the material from time to time. Um, uh, for the benefit of the listener, we are talking about Seinfeld season three, episode nine, the nose job. Um, the episode opens with a bit, as they so often do, um, where um, it's another it's another inscrutable Jerry Seinfeld bit where I mm. genuinely didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. Oh, and he sure laboured the one point for it's one joke, right? For what we're going to call mm. that minute and a half, maybe. And you're like, yep, uh, it is, I guess, an odd convention in a pharmacy for that to be true. And you're like, oh, mm. oh you're still going with this, eh? You got more yeah. more of this material. Okay. I like to imagine that Jerry Seinfeld is like beset by kind of like delusions and absolute fury about <laughs> these things. Like the idea that like he's going in on pharmacists yeah. in this bit. <laughs> I think pharmacists have been living high on the hog for too long. It's time <laughs> some stand-up comedians took them down a peg. And he's I mean, he, d- about he how- does he he does uh have as far I mean, this is the thing, as mm. far as we can tell. Uh, he does have a beef with pretty much every single industry outside of stand-up comedy. And if mm. they hadn't stopped doing the opening bits in kind of season three or season four, I reckon he would have just just picked an industry just every single week just to just to mm. really kind of go in on them. Because we've had pilots... Yeah. He's got. We've talked about his pi- his specific pilot related anxieties. Like he like because he has because because mm. uh, Ben, I'm sure you're. I'm sure What's you're the aware. Deal with the bitching and has, refining. He industry? has he has pilot paranoia. He thinks that pilots are out to get him, mm. uh, which is. I mean, it's a strange thing to think, but not as strange as like going in on the pharmacists. Mm. And I think that he is going to that like he in his head has every single job, kind of you know just in his. In his sights. Mm. He's got some great gear about prawn fishermen coming up, yeah. the peculiarities of that <laughs> lifestyle, which he finds somehow humorous to his obscene <laughs> mind. What's the deal with you're prawn ca- fishing? You're catching prawns? Why not pick on something your own size? How hard is it to catch a prawn? They're just floating around. Why not pick so- why not try and catch something with a bit of speed? You losers. Yeah, like cassowary. <laughs> like cassowary. Mm-hmm. Cassowary fishing. That's what we should be doing. Yeah. Going in on the sheep. Not many market. of them in the sea, but <laughs> throwing a bit like a bit like um you know when they uh they like uh, releasing releasing clay pigeons from one of those like cannon things to shoot at. They're dropping cassowaries into the ocean specifically for the purposes of catching them in a big net. <laughs> it's Is an experience for tourists. You would have had to have caught them before you launched them, so it really seems like you're doing some double handling there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I imagine that there's like, there's like, uh, you're sort of like local bushmen are catching them, and then there's like American tourists who are fishing for the cassowaries, mm. like in the bay, after they've been released into the water. Some and guy called Dwayne. Quite confused. Yeah. Paying $25,000 for a day of cassowary fishing. Like yeah. sort of South Africans on gap here is just being like, mm. yeah, so this is how we play water polo. <laughs> I've got a vendetta against birds. I've come here to exercise some of my demons. Um, do you remember when that uh, that guy, that de- dentist from Minnesota, shot that famous lion? Uh, I just listened to a whole podcast episode about that, like yesterday. Oh. Uh, it was oddly compelling. Thank you, Radio Lab. I think yeah. I don't know, but yeah, it's odd. Their whole thing, where these guys that pay that enormous amount of money to get these. Uh, like one of a kind 
hunting licenses. And they're like, mm. well, the money goes to conservation. So I am actually the world's greatest environmentalist. And then people are like, is there a way you could have given this money without killing, <laughs> without killing a lion? Mm. Well, I, mean, I like the odd. idea that like with every kind of cha- act of charity, charity or act of, uh, act of philanthropy, you are allowed to take one life. And it, doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter where the life, come, where the life Donating comes from. Donating a million dollars to the homeless, but I get to kill one. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the most dangerous game scenario. Yeah. Like, you, mm. you want to have a little look at some of those, like, kind of, you know, those big kind of wasp psycho family, like, family, mm. like, huge philanthropists. Like, have a little look at the uh, at the invoices that they're, like, sending out to UNICEF or whatever. Have a little mm. look at the Bill and, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, because yeah. I feel like there's some decimation activity going on there. One in ten. One in ten, that's right. Getting at them. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, what was funny about the dentist, though, was we have a running joke in my circle of friends about people with the same name as my best friend's dad. Um, I don't know why, because his name is common enough that it comes up every now and then. And uh, yeah, the, the dentist that shot Cecil the Lion, same name as my best friend's dad. Really? <laughs> like, so oh. we periodically sent him a screenshot of something. And we're like, oh, your dad's been busy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this is a running joke. What's the name? Uh, James Palmer. Hmm. Oh, I know why we have the running joke, actually. It's because his dad, James Palmer, is a lawyer, mm. and there are three other lawyers called James Palmer who work in roughly the same sector based in London. Uh-huh. Um, so my friend's dad and the, and one of the other guys are both just known as James Palmer, and one of, and the third guy is known as James Palmer the shit. <laughs> neither, of them, neither of them really know why. And I was like, maybe there isn't a James Palmer the shit, and it's just what you both call each other, and you don't even know this. Is that his like official like bar name, or is that like <laughs> you get to like the new name when you pass the bar exam? Is that what happens? Yeah. You get you to, to take your own on name? an epithet, yeah. so you don't get confused with other James Palmer. Some people get a squire. Yeah, yeah. You've got you've got lawful James Palmer. You've got neutral James and you've Palmer. You've got James Palmer, Palmer the shit. shit. <laughs> that right. is the barrister's alignment. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, I see. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, but anyway, so I can't go It is inscrutable, but I think it's inscrutable because in this country, and I don't know what the situation is in Australia, but uh, perhaps Ben could illuminate us on this, uh, is that in America, the pharmacist is really up high. They are um, like, they are on a, there, there is a weird. Like a desk sergeant. Yeah, there is mm. like a kind of weird, gigantic desk in American oh, pharmacies. Yeah, which we just don't have here. And, but here, uh, it's a much more egalitarian system, and you are eye to eye. <laughs> Flat hierarchy. You are eye to eye with mm. your pill dispenser, as it should yeah. be. Yeah, with it, yeah, <laughs> equal equality first in yeah. British pharmacies. Do, do you have an elevated pharmacist in Australia, Ben? I think we do have a sort of tiered system. Uh, at least the the pharmacy that <laughs> I go to, uh, the the counter that you buy shit from is at a regular height, but behind them, mm. in the section where the pills are. It's maybe one or two steps higher than the rest of the place. Really? I don't know if this is oh, to give okay. uh, the pharmacist a higher ground in case there's an attack, uh, mm. a larger field of view so he can spot people coming in and trying to steal cough syrup or whatever. I'm not really sure what the deal is. But yeah, mm. it does seem to be a sort of standard convention here as well, but yeah. not mm. something noticeable enough that I'd ever been like, good two minutes of comedy in this. It's definitely not. It's definitely not that. Yeah. What I always like in pharmacists here is like you go you like you go to them with pretty much any prescription you could think of, and they're just like, yeah, yeah, I think we got one of them, and then they just sort of wander back, and then they've got this kind of 
Hill Library in the back. Cassowary, if you're listening, um, this is a good bit that it's a pill library, so you can mm-hmm. have that for free. Mm. Kind of a sort of rotary system with the yeah, with the pill paperbacks. Needs some work. Not, that needs it's not sort work. of like a a Seven Eleven type deal where the franchisee has sort of free reign over what items they want to stock from a select catalogue. As a pharmacist, you've kind of <laughs> got to have everything. You can't be yeah, like, you know what, true. I've got Seroquel, mm. but I absolutely refuse to get any other kind of medication. That's all we got here, pal. Make do. <laughs> yeah, a pharmacist who like, just simply doesn't believe certain diseases are worth it. <laughs> oh, diabetes, come on. <laughs> Grow up. You can have like get a real disease like, like Hodgkin's like, lymphoma. Pharmacist influencers where they like sign exclusive contracts, and you just like show up and they're just like, "Look, all we have here is well butrin." But uh, I think you're describing welcome to America. You are describing oh, the country yeah. of America. Yeah. yeah, see that, and that's why they have to give them the high up desk because yeah. they are better than you. We don't have mm. insulin, but have you considered thinning your blood? <laughs> you consider just if you consider just uh, drinking a drinking like a full fat coke in the. Uh, in the uh, car park of a hospital. Yeah. And looking longingly at the hospital, which Same will have effect. an amazing psychosomatic <laughs> I, effect. I do that, but just as performance art. You'll you're collapse and they have to treat you. They're not allowed to just leave you there to die because then mm. that fucks with their insurance. That's right. It's all about insurance, really. It's all about insurance. Mm. Yeah. Right. So anyway, the, the episode then commences in classic Seinfeld style um, where Jerry and George are having a conversation about how Jerry met a really hot girl in an elevator. And started talking to her about crop circles. I watched this episode at like three o'clock in the morning and made the notes while sitting in the dark. So I was like, I don't want the light on because then it will make me too awake and then I won't be able to sleep after this. So I have like, this is written in like terrible scrawl and I've just got elevator hot chicks slash crop circles written down. And it's mm-hmm. like having a kind of like ancestral memory come back. Um, yeah. Uh, and so then uh, he points out to George that George has some spinach in his teeth. And then George reveals that he's been to a job interview at which he was not hired. You then get like a flashback to them telling George that they don't have any positions available and him having loads of spinach in his teeth. And it's sort of implied that that's the reason why he didn't get the job. Um, which, I mean, I feel like there are lots of reasons not to hire George Costanza. Yeah, that's true. But that does not get brought up again. So no, it's an aside. It's weird, actually. Usually in Seinfeld, things do get brought up again. But occasionally, there'll just be a bit in there that seems like a kind of Chekhov's gun. And then it just doesn't, just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, that's just Larry David had some sort of specific observation he really fucking needed yeah. to get out of his system. Mm. Is it weird thing in that scene as well, where for like the latter half of it, all of the shots of George's face are weirdly out of focus, uh, oh. which I found extremely distracting. It was just a bad focus pull. There's nothing. You know, mm. that'll happen. But it's just vaguely ominous. It adds a kind of Lynchian quality to it where you're just like, <laughs> Why, what emotion is this meant to be invoking? Am I meant to feel unsettled? Because it's working. Mm. I'd like to see a version of um, of Twin Peaks, but where it's just all the Seinfeld characters. I'm going to the sawmill to investigate. What's the deal with the sawmill? I think you could do a really, really good mashup of the two theme tunes. Mm. I'm not as good on the Twin Peaks theme tune, to be honest. I have, oh, I have a, heard it's it. It's such a good theme tune. Piece of music. It is I, such a good theme tune. It's mm. on my yoga playlist. I uh, one time I was at fucking Changi Airport uh, in 
Singapore, whatever the fuck that is. I don't know. It was a layover or whatever. But I'm in the toilets there and I'm like listening to the music that's being piped in and it's like it's in music form. So, it's not particularly mm. recognizable. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I fucking know this from somewhere. And it, it was, in fact, Falling by Julie Cruz, the theme song to Twin Peaks. I was like, <laughs> this is like a fucking MIDI version of the Twin Peaks theme song. Very strange <laughs> experience. Still was it, was it a very why that hauntingly happened. unsettling airport? It was. I mean, it was. It's the biggest airport I've ever been in. It was entirely empty. It was creepy as fuck. Yeah. It was very strange. And then, was slightly thin, out and then with the Twin Peaks theme tune or the Thin mm. Peaks theme tune, as I just decided to call <laughs> thin it, Thin Peaks. The Thin Peaks. <laughs> That's what I call my titties. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was once, oh, didn't know that about you. That's that's an interesting thing to learn. Um, yeah. Have you got an unsettling piped in story? Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I was once. Uh, there, there's uh, there's a network of corner stores in Moscow called Magnolia. It's kind of like a Seven Eleven. It's like a twenty four hour like shop. And I was in one at two o'clock in the morning on my street in Moscow once, trying to get um, supplies to make myself a grilled cheese because I was really hungry. I was on my way back from a gig or something, and. Um, and I'm just walking around and I'm like, what the fuck is this music that's playing? Because I just suddenly like tuned into it as it's like me and a couple of alcoholics shuffling around this shop. And then I, as I, as I, my ears tuned in, I realized it was, do you like being a colada? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, first of all, how does anyone in Russia even know this song? And second of all, why is it playing in Magnolia at two o'clock in the morning? Just imagining a lot of very stern-faced people being like, no, of course not. I hate being caught in rain. (laughs) (laughs) I would certainly not like to meet someone Mm. who liked being caught in rain. They are psycho. Imagine meeting a woman and then finding out that she is your wife. What a waste of time. (laughs) I'm trying to have sex with a woman who is not my wife. I don't even like pina coladas. They don't have vodka. No, do they have vodka? I don't know what's in a pina colada. Rum, I think. Mm. Rum and, um, like, uh, Rum and pineapple. Is it? That's disgusting. <laughs> I think there is a bit of coconut in a pina colada, no? Maybe Isn't not Kahlua, p- though. Pineapple, maybe? It's is it coconut pineapple, yeah. rum in a pina colada, know. like a Malibu type situation? Oh. Yeah. Let's try and guess what's in a pina colada. <laughs> 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 it's like a fairground um, activity. If you guess what's in a pina colada, you win a pina colada. If you sign up for our uh, $20 tier, you can tell us uh, directly what is in a pina colada. Otherwise, never mm. correct us, ever. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll continue to think what we want. Yeah. A pina colada has mm. orange juice, and that's it. Mm. It's just a, it's just a way of rebranding orange juice. How would I make love in sand, June? Would be very s- bad. <laughs> you get the sand. You'd get sand in penis. Get sand in penis. Yeah. Um, I know somebody who thinks that the pina colada song, for, is, for that is its name. Is what is that mm. its title? Is it? No, it's called Escape. Is is, is, that, is that that what it's called? I yeah. always thought it was called. I thought it was called the Pina Colada song. Anyway, mm. um, I think I, it, I think sometimes people do that. People do refer to it as the Pina Colada song, but technically the, the name of it is this, this game. I know somebody who thinks that the that it is a romantic song, that it's like a kind of love story song, and not something very grim and depressing. And when I found this out, I like you know when well, that's kind of what it's supposed to be, right? Like, mm. but yeah, mm. it has a dark undertone. But, you know when a Lynchian quality. <laughs> <laughs> Whole song just feels kind of out of focus. Very strange. (laughs) Do you like pina coladas? Mm. That's the Phoebe's pina colada corner. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And you know when you know when someone tells you something and you absolutely can't let it go. Yeah. And I just I I like kept like bringing up like like every time the conversation went somewhere else I was like I was just like no sorry. 
do you not understand what the song's about? They're both trying to cheat. And they're, but they're not just, just both trying to cheat, but they're also stuck with each other and they're both just a couple of fucking jerks and the only people that actually finds the other one attractive is the other one. It's a terrible story. It's horrible. It's so upsetting. And she was just like, no, no, I think it's sweet because like they end up like finding each other. I'm like, are you dumb? Why don't, why don't you understand that it's supposed to be a fucking awful, awful mm. story? The depressing flip side of there's someone for everyone is like yeah. there's one, one person, person for everyone. everyone. There's one person even if they're trying to shit. even if they're trying yeah. to cheat on you. Well, I mean, there's only so many people in the world, right? So statistically, you're fine. Yeah, yeah that's you know, true. Ten. That 25. that should be that should be like there should be like a companion response song to the Pina Colada song just called Well, statistically. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you were trying to expand your audience, you'd probably go for something less niche than a pina colada, like maybe a gin and tonic. Or a mojito. Yeah. Which is the, which is the UK's favourite cocktail. Oh. Mm. Is that true? Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of a less appropriate country to drink a mojito in, <laughs> in the entire world. Iceland, maybe. Well, one of my mates who worked in advertising was trying to wind me up about my car the other day and said and he, he had a stat from working in advertising, which is uh, Britain, people in Britain own more convertibles than the rest of Europe combined, oh. um, which really does. We are a nation of optimists. We're delusional. We're not optimists. Yeah. Drinking a I'm mojito forward. in my convertible in the rain. <laughs> Desperation more than optimism, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. My, my uh, that's what I embody. My disturbing piped-in story is mm-hmm. um, years ago. I was seeing I was seeing a film at the Covent Garden Odeon, but like mm. in the small screen at the Covent Garden Odeon. Right, and they piped in an audio version, like an audio-only version of one of the sketches from Jam. Oh, um, and which one? The. Uh, the guy who has put lots of lizards in the TV. I think I have that as like an intrusive thought where I will just hear that guy just saying well, lizards. Going, <laughs> yeah. the lizards. Just keeps happening. We've to me. Got the, I've put lizards in your TV. Yeah. But mm. in surround sound with no mm-hmm. explanation. No right. accounting for it. And this was just before the film started. So like everyone is sitting in this like in this quite small cinema screen with Like he's done what? With like Mark Heath. Sandra we're going. Gotta Mark check Heath's on this TV his, situation. Hysterical giggling. Mm. And, and at this time of day. And I think that this was I think that I was seeing Batman Begins. And that's <laughs> oh, what it wasn't it. even that long ago. <laughs> yeah, it, well, and it also mm. wasn't like a kind of smirking art house film of the kind where you might expect the audience to be like oh yeah no because the thing is is that this is actually Chris Morris's finest work um me I'm that wanker I am that wanker and that's you're absolutely right (laughs) I'm now I'm now my the bit that's lodged in my head is Batman from Batman Begins trying to like find out who put the lizards in his TV (laughs) (laughs) where is she Did you put the lizards in here? And the like, the like, the villain is just like a big lizard, like. Yeah. <laughs> was this like a like a chain cinema? Like a yeah. like yeah, a. It was. It's literally like the biggest chain cinema. I have absolutely no idea. Magical. It was so so weird. And like I yeah I. Ras like, Alguana, like, thank I you. I recognize. Oh, yeah, that is good. That mm. is good. <laughs> well done. Like I recognized it, but like I don't think anyone else in the cinema did, and it, it just sort of freaked them out. 
what I want. There's to definitely someone Bruce like Wayne. flies. <laughs> someone up in the projection booth was just like looking, peeking out through the hole, being like, "There's got to be a glimmer of recognition from someone in the audience." <laughs> I put mm. the lizards in the cinema. One of the writers of Jam was just trying to see if it was still had any cultural pull. Oh god, no, that's just upsetting. Mm. Well, I recognised it. There you go. So, if any of the writers of Jam are listening, Phoebe recognised it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, good. Um, I know that uh, Chris Morris studied zoology at university. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Little... <laughs> Tremendous. Mm. Is that yeah. real? Yeah. That's why I know so okay. much about lizards. <laughs> oh, I had a whole lizard module. When you think about lizards, is they're cold blooded, so they have to lie on a hot television um, in the morning <laughs> to uh, get themselves going. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so the advent so, of uh, like once we got rid of plasmas was actually terrible for lizards. Oh yeah, that's what people won't take. That's why they called them monitor lizards because they'd be on your. Oh my oh god! They'd be on your god. CRT. Oh my god! <laughs> Come on, that was that was good, and you're both in denial about it. <laughs> CRT stands for chameleon ray tube. <laughs> that's right. It changes color. Shit. Shit. <laughs> Fuck. You know what? Chameleons are bullshit. That is my that is my position. Welcome to Phoebe's hard stance corner. Um, chameleons are bullshit because you, when you're a kid, you get told that there's this lizard and it's called a chameleon. It changes color according to its background, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They can go green or they can go brown or they can go like a kind of weird patchy combination of green and brown. You put that lizard mm. on like a plaid skirt, that lizard is not fucking changing. Yeah. And that's why you can actually spot a chameleon in the video for Hit Me Baby One More Time. That's that's right. They thought it would be unnoticeable, but... The Britney is full of lizards. (laughs) This is um, sadly not the only way cartoons have lied to you. And uh, (laughs) I think life is only going to get sadder and sadder as it goes on. (laughs) Actually, if you drop a coyote off a cliff, the chances of it surviving are much lower than you might think. What happens, uh, what's the story if you uh, paint a, a tunnel on the side of a cliff? Um, what happens then? Think um, very carefully about your answer. Here's Starmer will drive into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I welcome. But I, I, I welcome the painted tunnel, I do. But, I think you could go further no, by further. actually building, building the tunnel. A tunnel. I think, you know, this, this part of the desert has suffered from a lack of infrastructure for too long. And I think a lot of people in this area, they could use those jobs, both coyotes and roadrunners alike. I think let's come together, give the Labour Party a go. If it was the Australian Labour Party, they'd just look at the tunnel, say, we hate the tunnel. We think the tunnel is very, very bad. We can't believe that the government has brought the tunnel in. Nevertheless, we are driving directly into the painted on tunnel (laughs) and we will do so with enthusiasm. And we will not change our policy about driving into fake tunnels. That's the elbow promise. Lovely stuff. (laughs) That is the elbow promise. Um... So then George reveals that he's been dating a girl whose nose is too big. Uh, there's a line from George where he says, I tell myself, forget the nose, but I think about it. Um, this is uh, both George and Jerry's storylines in this are, are just two different kinds of things that happen to me. <laughs> um, I mean, I think George's storyline does go a bit further than I would go, but um, yeah. Uh, then Kramer uh, arrives and he is trying to convince Elaine to help him get his jacket back because the guy who took the jacket has gone to prison. I love that the only running through line of Seinfeld is Kramer's jacket-based travails. Well, there are other running through lines, but this is the first one. Right, okay. 
Um, and so they're trying to go to this guy's house who's like looking after the jacket and convince him that Elaine is Kramer's, is his, the guy's daughter and that Kramer is her fiance. And so he's trying to convince her to do this. Um, uh, meanwhile, George's girlfriend is there and she's complaining about um, uh, how pretty all the girls are in New York. And Kramer says, you're as pretty as any of them. You just need a nose job. Just a little aside there. Um, and this is jumping ahead a little bit. When um when Kramer goes a lot like goes along with Elaine to get this jacket back, and he uses this assumed name, mm-hmm. I had somehow managed not to clock that the assumed name that he uses is is a real guy. He's supposed to be like a Shakespeare scholar. I thought it oh. was some thought it was a name that he just made up, because the super at the building says, "I read your book, Doctor Van Nostrum." So unless we assume that Kramer is leading a unlikely double life <laughs> as a Shakespeare scholar named Dr. Van Nostren. He's sort of seen this name somewhere and decided that it's his decided to impersonate him, which seems mm. a lot less smart than just coming up with a fake name. Mm. He's added complexity to his own life by doing that, possibly for the sick thrill of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be a Kramer ass thing to do. I like the idea of impersonating someone who is like technically in the public eye, but also nobody outside of a very narrow field has ever heard of them. Mm. Like yeah. I don't know, like kind of like impersonating like a really like a really like well known like genetic like biologist, a well known <laughs> podcaster. Mm. Oh no, it's perfect crime. Well, it happened the other day that a fan of Trash Future replied to a picture of like me and Riley on the Trash Future timeline and said, who's the guy on the left referring to me? I'm like, how much do you really like this podcast? I can imagine you not necessarily knowing what you look like. So it's someone who's on Twitter and therefore... Okay, now that's a little weird. Maybe, Maybe he's on Twitter, listens to your podcast, but doesn't follow you. Refuses to follow me on principles. I don't want to know what he looks like. Yeah. I'm going to call on the guy on the left. I don't want to break the spell. None of our uh, listeners can tell the difference between any of the men that are on the podcast, and I think they're right to do it. There's Lucy, and then there's sort of three homogenous Australian men in their 30s. And you can just sort of imagine which one is which one based on your own personal preference. I get a lot of people just sort of, I don't think it's, it's not a backhanded compliment where they're just like, oh, Oh, I didn't think you were going to look like that one. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) I would have thought that I would have looked like me, but then, of course, I would think that. That only checks out, Mm. you know? Yeah. You had some inside information there. I did. (laughs) Um, You you expected it. All the the Mm. listeners Um, who sort of, who like, who like to see a picture of me, all of them say, huh, I kind of thought that you'd be, like, taller, Mm. which I quite like. I get the opposite thing. What, people think people meet shorter. me in real life, and they're like, "Oh, you're quite tall." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, I'm not, and I'm not especially tall. I'm like you're tall enough. I'm, I'm like reasonably tall, but I'm not like six foot five tall. I'm not like no. where you like where you look at a guy and you're like, shit, that's a tall man.' You're not like a kind of giant. I'm taller than most men, shops. but within the bounds of normal. Yeah. Um. And yeah, and then I'm like, well, why are you so surprised? And then they're like, well, I just you you have a short energy. <laughs> not you don't sure if I like that. Short energy. Yeah. Do you think I have a tall energy? I don't know what tall energy is. I don't know. I guess like a loud voice. <laughs> I, I really, I'd love to be one of those guys who are so big that nothing has ever threatened them, and are therefore consequently like really weirdly gentle. Mm. Um, I went to school with one just, of them. Yeah, just really serene giants. Yeah, yeah. He was like the gentlest person, and like people were always getting like kind of like hopped up, like you know those kind of little kind of wiry psychos, mm. um, who like 
who like go to pubs on their own and start fights and no one Uh, wants to fight with them because the fact that they're doing it on their own suggests that they will fight incredibly dirty and might have Mm. a knife. Uh, So he was always getting started on by like those guys and he would just sort of stand there like this kind of... Like this kind of cliff with the waves kind of breaking hysterically <laughs> the around. The waves of wiry face. psychos just <laughs> And he And he's just there just being like, Just go home, mate. You've had too many. <laughs> just go home. Mm. You don't want to do this, mate. Because he literally could have just flattened them with one balled up fist. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, when when we were at uni, the McDonald's had bouncers on a Saturday night who were fully the most terrifying oh, bouncers I've Lord. ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, you. I, I don't know if they do this in Australia, but in uh, in Britain, Ben, on Saturday night, sometimes at McDonald's, if it's open late, will have a bouncer. Yeah. Because of the drunk people that go in there, and the McDonald's bouncer is way scarier than any nightclub bouncer. Oh yeah. It's like these well, are they the bring people like who ex Blackwater people, right? I yeah. assume. <laughs> yeah, it's a oh. mercenary job. <laughs> we presume that this guy had to be a inside the premises because he was so large <laughs> he, he had to be like seven feet tall with like full sleeve tribal tattoos just a giant man had like a Dolph Lundgren haircut oh and um, once we were in there and we saw a guy who was really drunk and was trying to like they were trying to remove him and he was like but I haven't got my cheeseburger and they were like we'll bring it to you and he was like no and he just like swung at this bouncer and just like punched him in the face and it was a bit like in Terminator 2 where he just realizes that like his face is just fully metal it just sort of like bounced off and then this bouncer while like lifting him in the air just went don't do that imagine being that powerful that you're like I can't hit him back because he will die I just have to say don't do that authoritatively enough that he will not I would, I would like to be big enough that I can just like shake my head at someone mm. and that they know that that's like that's like enough of a warning yeah just no no, no. not the one chief but I will never be large enough for that like no. all I can do is like get wider and then just <laughs> <laughs> just like wide bb <laughs> and then just like i got a bum 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 mm. bum bum i think yeah, there like- is a certain amount of width that would still grant you mm. that yeah. sort of terror i mean if you become at a point where your shoulder muscles are so hugely enormous <laughs> that you're wider than you are at all you'd at least mm. baffle people into being like i don't think i want to fuck with whatever is happening this, yeah here. there's like this kind of mm. oblong woman yeah she's built like a dry stone wall yeah Mm. Developed new experimental muscles that I don't fully understand that might well allow for supersonic punches. Yeah, she's a she's a she's a brickie, and that's not short for bricklayer. That's someone who just likes to dress up as a brick. Yes, brick play. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> woom, 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 woom. To be fair, because I am five foot two, just if I got my shoulders to. <laughs> just under a- shade under. ABML adult <laughs> adult brick mortar lover. <laughs> Uh, if I got my shoulders to like just like just over five foot across, mm-hmm. I think that would be pretty impressive. It would be very <laughs> impressive. I think you'd be a medical first. <laughs> that's a lot of that's okay. a lot of reverse flies I'm having to do before mm. I'm have before I've got that kind of aspect ratio. Yeah, that's like you'd you'd be like you'd be like the Dave Courtney body type. <laughs> he looks like a <laughs> wide <laughs> hobbit. Yeah, I don't want to. I like. I mm. want to like walk in a kind of diagonal zigzag motion okay so, you've got a sort of yeah, yeah your crab yeah. stepping yeah. kind yeah. of where you've just got to yeah. place one corner down rotate your whole body get the other corner down yeah, yeah. and then i'll hmm. get a job at the leicester square mcdonald's 
Yeah, you'd be a great doorman because you could like fully block just the door. Oomph. Yeah. You have to go through doors sideways. I wouldn't be a good... I'd be an all right goalkeeper, but not great if anything goes above five. At yeah, you need five. to be one of those like five-a-side goals. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you you uh, sort of get yourself so you're standing at exactly a 40-degree angle, 45-degree angle, you've got the diagonal, which is going to be... Uh, I can't do that maths. But about seven yeah. feet, I think. So, yeah. Okay, you'd, yeah. You'd be okay. looking all right. Yeah. All right. Mm. And also, if I get like, if I get my big shoulders and also get and like do enough, like maybe some like deadlifts in there. So I've got some explosive mm. power coming through the hamstring and the glutes. Then I can just like <laughs> pop straight up in the air. Yeah. Like, you know, okay. A little bottle <laughs> rocket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like an actual bottle rocket. <laughs> you know, when like those like small, very angry dogs get mm. so mad that they bark and it makes all of their paws leave the floor at the same time. So they kind of go, boop, 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 woof, 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 woof. Like Good impression. That. Like yeah. that. It's like I'm there. But a goalkeeper. And I it's see. me. And you are doing wide. the bars. It's <laughs> yeah. absolutely and baffling to everyone around you. at the same time. Yeah. It's Phoebe yeah. perfectly square. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Mm. Yeah. And you could like roll me along. Yeah. Because I'd have corners. You have to round your corners, maybe. File, File you down. off. Yeah. <laughs> Take me down to a sander. Yeah. <laughs> would your head still be protruding, or would it be like subsumed into the shoulders? No, my head would still be like I'd still have a I still have my long, elegant neck. Okay, like a giraffe. <laughs> yes. You've really you've added another layer of challenge there to the task that is ahead of you, getting five mm. feet wide but maintaining a swan-like profile. <laughs> well, maybe both square and sort of like a ballerina at the same time. What's yeah. the perfect yeah. middle ground between those things? The Boston headline: Can women have it all? <laughs> five feet wide and jacked, but an elegant swan-like neck. It's like that, it's like that Pythagorean sketch of like the seashell. That's what I want to look like, but just from the side. Mm. <laughs> this I is see. the ideal body type. Like Venus and the clamshell, but you're also five feet wide. But I'm also wide. the shell. <laughs> mm. That is right. Food for thought. Much to, <laughs> much to consider. Um, uh, Elaine gets really mad at Kramer uh, yeah. for saying that she's an edge job and says, well, you can kiss that jacket goodbye. We then cut to Jerry doing a bit, yet another bit. After the rip-roaring success of the first bit. Jerry is back with another bit. And he says, if people said what they thought all the time, a blind date would last 13 seconds. Which, like... Again? Yeah? Not really an... It's not really a joke, is it? It's just, like, yeah. Most, sure. like, social interactions would last 30 seconds if people said what they actually thought. Yeah. What kind of killed me about that one is the laugh that it got. Like, obviously, you know, this is edited together at stage audience, whatever. But, like, I don't... We're kind of better at hearing and understanding jokes now than we were back in the misty past of 30 years ago, where he sets it up by going like, uh, if everyone said what they wanted to, what they really meant to each other all the time, you know how long a date would last? And so us, the modern consumer, we hear that line and we go, he's going to say a really short amount of time because that's the intention <laughs> of the joke. Yeah. But he leaves like a big pause, gets a laugh before he says a little titter, and then he says 13 seconds. Crowd goes absolutely fucking nuts. They're shitting themselves over it. You're like, yeah. Obviously like, that's he was not long enough for a date, Jerry. <laughs> like, you, know what I think, you know what I think they've got? I think they've got screens in this comedy club, mm-hmm. which, sh- which, like is, uh, which shows footage from a room where all of the audience members' families are like, <laughs> tied up and <laughs> gagged and being threatened by like a kind of patrolling gunman mm. 
So they they have to laugh that this is yeah, like it, it was that or the big signs that say laughter. That was their yeah. choice. It was okay, yeah, yeah, snuff There's films or the laughter sign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's one stony faced Austrian man in the crowd who's like, they'll never find my family. <laughs> <laughs> Do your verse, Seinfeld. Like for a second, I was like, is like, oh, is that like a kind of secret, like kind of secret uh, incorporated Nazi joke, or is that another Fritzel joke? It's another Fritzel joke, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> good. Argentine Fritzel would be a good bit though. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes, I do have a basement family, but they are all Nazis. Mm. So I it's, moved so over it's okay. here. Uh, completely on my own, actually. <laughs> Is it okay to keep the perfect Nazis moral quandary? <laughs> this is the new trolley problem. Maybe if um if Adolf if Adolf if Adolf Eichmann had had a um a sort of Fritzel of his own, he would never have been found. Yeah, well, that's something to think about, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> It was kind of like a, a German version of the witness protection program. But you have to use a... Uh, sort of Mossad questioning all these contractors. Mm. Have you been building any underground yeah. <laughs> <shit>? <laughs> For any guys with German accents? Yeah. Waterboarding an Argentine builder. <laughs> have you been building any dungeons? Let's have a look at your cash in hand stuff. Mm. My friend. Oh, please, no, I'm trying to get the VAT office off my back. <laughs> They have um, that in Argentina. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows what they have over there? <laughs> bunch of bunch of Fruit Loops. I'll tell you what they don't have. Don't have the Falklands. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's too bloody right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, so then we cut to a scene. Welcome of, to British Podcasts. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a completely unfamiliar concept to me. It's w- wonderful to see it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You might you might not know this, but we're rampant British nationalists on this podcast. Yeah, um, I always suspected that that was just kind it doesn't, of doesn't like the it doesn't really chime with like the rest of our vibe, but mm. like that's what makes it so much fun. Yeah, hey, you the, feel what you feel, and you can't change that. Yeah, the description of every episode is just hundreds of crying, laughing emojis. <laughs> um, that's how that's how we do it. Um, like at the big at like note, Milo's notes at the beginning of every one, he just goes, he just goes, so is this guy a Jew or what? <laughs> every single time. Every time. <laughs> because I know Phoebe is going to tell me. <laughs> um, yeah. that's the. I, I, I learned so much about who and who isn't Jewish from Phoebe. Just endless. That's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm much more abreast now. Ben, I am Jewish. I'm not like a kind of, I'm not like a kind of spotter. I'm not, it's yeah, not, not like a kind of Stormfront forum thing. Like, you're not just <laughs> keeping lists of celebrities <laughs> just, that yeah. are not Jewish just for, you know, reasons. <laughs> I mean, yes, she is keeping yes, a list. no, but... and crypto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crypto Jewish. That's like, that is one of the Nazi categories. Oh. Uh, Murdoch is, Murdoch, Bezos. They're on the blockchain. They're all, crypt, they're all crypto Jews. Oh. Mm. Mm. Nazis are both abhorrent, insane, and... A little bit stupid. Mm. Yeah. It's very... Yeah. Mm. I think we've said this on the podcast before, but I mean, the, the, the evilness of the Nazis really did overshadow how kooky a lot of it was. Yeah. Very kooky. Yeah. yeah, it's very like... Very into like one-pot meals. Yeah, you've said this before. Strain- yeah. No, 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 it's true. There was this kind of like... So like every, so like every time some, some bitch is just like, you know, you should think about getting into meal prepping. I'm just like, fuck off. You fucking yeah. Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Nazis made everyone cook a one-pot meal on a Sunday and they would send, like, Nazi boys around to check that you were doing it. Nazi huh. boys? Well, like Hitler Youth. 
as opposed to just like the Nazi boys. Any of the Nazi boys. It's like kind of, you know, very, very short lived and unpleasant progenitor of like Pan's people. (laughs) Preston and the ordinary boys were uh, a splinter group of uh, the Nazi boys. I feel like I can draw a very direct connection between uh, Australia's deep love of uh, horrible slow cooker recipes for families and also racism. Yeah. Mm. It just feels like there's a real Two things are connected. Look, what mm. I was going to say there was- Look, if you uh, can get the cassowary into a slow cooker, more power to you. Was <laughs> his uh, famous famous track, Goys Will Be Goys. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> you, can, you can take that out if you like. I will. No, I'd, I'd like to keep it in, actually. <laughs> I think it's good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, not necessarily in the way you intended, but I did enjoy no, it. perhaps not. Um, right, hang on. So, yeah, she's the, the girl who, whose name, to be honest, during the episode I did not learn- um, is the nose one? Yeah, Audrey. Audrey. That's a, to be honest, I'm surprised I didn't learn that because that's a name that sticks out at you. Um, is it? I feel like it's quite an unusual name. You don't really, it's true. You don't really meet any Audreys these days, which I think is mm. a shame. I'm, I'm yeah. surprised it hasn't sort of returned as what you know. There's like hire more Audreys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's like one of those, um, like one of those like old people names that mm. people call their kids now. Yeah. Mm. I'm like surprised. Mavis. That, yeah, like Mavis and Edith and Pearl, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that Audrey has not sort of come into it. It is might it, be making like, the comeback now, and you yeah, know, we probably wouldn't it, know yeah. for a while. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps that's true. But I've like I've not like heard of like a baby Audrey. I don't think because it's weird because like the women who are having children now are women who in who like almost. To a person had that fucking breakfast at Tiffany's picture mm. in their university bedroom. So yeah. why aren't they vibing with the Audrey? Yeah, all their children are called Truman or Hepburn. Yeah, <laughs> God, that's very that's too believable. Yeah. That's very American, giving your child a surname yeah. and just being mm. like, "What are you going to do about it?" I've called my daughter Mackenzie. Oh, they love that one. They love that one so fucking much. It's a terrible name as well, isn't it? Like it's a terrible last name. Mm. Like, it's terrible, but like it's not like it's not yeah. like a kind of. It's not gets a, called it all the time. It's not like a name that you'd like see and be like, <laughs> oh, this is a, this is a pretty word, yeah. isn't it? Mm. Like, this is aesthetic. No, it I just reminds more... me of that short-lived sports brand. Mm. I think they like the shape of the letters more than anything else. I like, think it's a visual mm. aesthetic. You know that like white American lady with the chalkboard that's got like Kaylin mm. and. Other ones from that list. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. they just like how the K's look, the Y's look, the A's look. I like their angles. Mm. They like an angular name. Mm. It's almost as though they're illiterate, but they're just enjoying the, the the shapes. Which is kind of beautiful in a way, really, if you're looking at mm. letters as a sort of form of visual art more than as conveying <laughs> yeah. meaning. That's quite nice. Handshake, Can I specify what font my child's name is? <laughs> handshake me medieval monks. Mm. An illuminated an, birth certificate. Yeah, and Americans yeah. with children called Mackenzie. This is like a massive B of birth, Let- which takes up half the certificate. Of visual yeah. art. <laughs> All those like weird guys playing trumpets out of their asses in the margins and stuff. It's beautiful. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I love those guys. Like a weird so dragon that looks like a dog. Yeah. yeah. 
I like cats those. with human faces. For yeah, I like no those. Like, yeah, reason. you know what a horse looks like, right? And the monks <laughs> being like, "Yeah, I've got this nailed. I know exactly what a horse looks like." <laughs> Somehow drawing right. them both in like side profile and also from a front view at the same time, <laughs> yeah. the same one drawing. <laughs> yeah, monks back in the Middle Ages were just living in a, like a like a kind of like warped um, space time continuum. I wish I was a medieval monk. Mm. So that's an interesting one. It'd be tough to pull off at this point yeah. in time. Yeah, mm. that's true. Yeah. But like, I, mean, I could, like, I could maybe just like get that circle shaped in my head. Tonsure. No, the circle. <laughs> Tonsure's what's in the back of your throat. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> and then just say, like, I am not going to be paying any more bills or mm. participating in any kind of uh, civic responsibility. Monk his tonsures <laughs> taken out. <laughs> Yeah, tonsurectomy. Yeah, um, I'm just not going to be. I'm going to give it all up to God. I'm giving it. I'm giving it. I'm handing it over mm. to our Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm going to wear a big brown dress when I'm doing We're it. Having a wh- brown great. for Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ, go fund me. Mm. Just as a thank you for the dying for our sins, we're just like we're all putting in. <laughs> well, like a tenner is the suggested amount. But some people have given more. <laughs> I'm just going to say, like, we're just, you know, he did die for our sins. So if you, you know, put something in the bucket, mate. He'd put something in the bucket for you. Jesus, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Give him the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ putting his cash app in his profile. <laughs> <laughs> Support. <laughs> Support you were, you deities. Uh, familiar with the American comedian slash actor mm. Jason Manzukas? Yeah. Uh, it's like the fucking hottest guy alive. Love that dude. Also very funny. But uh, he's got this whole thing where like he only wears the same clothes every single right. day. Obviously, he I mean, he washes them and he wears different versions of the same clothes. But he wears jeans mm. and like a white Oxford shirt every single day. That's kind of his uniform. That's what he wears. And he says it's from mm-hmm. this thing when he was studying theology when he was at uni and he went to this monastery to like study there for a while. And he was like talking to these guys about why they do what right. they do. And they were saying that like- uh, they get assigned a job when they go to the monastery. They get given their whatever size robe they wear. I assume it's maybe a one-size-fits-all situation, hard to say. Uh, Depends how then- caked up you are as a monk. <laughs> how wide are you? Are you how as wide, wide as you are tall? Oh, <laughs> a big square hassock. <laughs> uh, and then these guys just like they wear the one thing and then they do the one thing for the rest of their lives. And that's it. And he's like, what the fuck is up with that? And they're like, oh, it gives me no- more time to commune with God. When I wake up in the morning, I don't have to think about what I'm going to wear. I don't have to think about what I'm going to do. I just wake up and I do what I do every single day. And then that's it leaves my mind for communion with God all the time. And then he's taken this and he's gone, fantastic. I'm going to do it. And instead of spending that time to commune with God, he's done improv comedy. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. It's like an interesting takeaway from that to apply it to your life. It's in a shame that it's it improv. Is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, does it have to be improv? Why spoil it, Jason? Well, he does some scripted comedy mm. as well, but I think it's mostly the improv he's thinking about. He's yes-ending in his thoughts in all the time that he would have been <laughs> picking an outfit. Mm. But the question is, can you yes-and God? Mm. Is can God doing all the created time? Yeah. <laughs> a fucking bit so intense that he can't yes-and himself? <laughs> <laughs> can God do a bit so spicy? Could that he God, has to cancel himself. Could God hold an improv show so intolerable that even he wouldn't go to it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Jesus, <laughs> yes, yeah. no, yes, he could. <laughs> Jesus Christ died on stage for our sins. <laughs> Jesus Christ, like, where are we? I'm hearing crucifixion. <laughs> um, in a racist accent, if you say so. Yeah. Christ on the mount, just being like, so it's free to get in, but it's not free to get out. That is a car machine. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's holding up a bucket. <laughs> I am a bucket, son of God. <laughs> and I am from Tbilisi. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the crucifixion. <laughs> so, anyone here a Pharisee? Mm. Yeah, you. Yeah, see, I see you. I see you. Mm. Look at this guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh. a money lender and no mistake. Uh, yeah, these guys are having trouble time. They came to see Barabbas. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate, he's not here. <laughs> Take it up with Pilate. <laughs> <laughs> Have I ever told you about my idea for um, an exercise class called Pontius Pilates? You have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Worth restating it, though, because it seems like you haven't started on that idea yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, the, like everyone in the class is... Pilates class. <laughs> everyone in the class is so bad at it that he washes his hands of you. Like, look, if you want to call that Pilates, that's up to you. <laughs> yeah, good. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, I do try. Yeah, look, would you would you like to learn a new pose or would you like to free the murderer Barabbas? Okay, well, <laughs> fine, fine then. On your heads be it. Did you know that the inventor of the exercise move, the burpee, was called Royal Burpee? I'd always wondered why it was called the burpee. Because oh, he was called Royal that... Burpee. This is true. This is, uh, this is 100% true. The Royal true. Burpee sounds like a special kind of it burpee. Does, yeah. Mm. It's no. when everyone's doing one, it's the royal burpee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah, when you jump up from the ground and straight onto a naked child, that is the royal <laughs> burpee. Uh, ben, I would like you to do yourself a favour and uh, look up a picture of royal burpee because you're going it, to... It, do we all need to it's see a, this? It's a treat, yes. Are they extraordinarily wide? It. Is that the treat that I'm in? Uh, it's just... Uh, oh, my he... God. No, they're a Rob <laughs> Liefeld drawing. Oh, oh my wow. God. <laughs> Look at that, my man's. <laughs> he's, he's got a chest burster situation going on. What's happening yeah. here? And uh, oh. new on our uh, fifty dollar tier. He's got he's uh, got like Milo in and shape I will fifties guy body. We just got a huge <laughs> chest, like royal burpee, and uh, send you an NFT of it. Oh, this is fucking driving me insane. There's a fucking um, royal H oh, burpee. I'm learning his name. Yep. What's the like sixties Jack Nicholson movie where he's wearing essentially exactly that outfit uh, on the front he's a cover doctor. of it? Incredible, yeah. Doctor oh. Royal Burpee. Fuck. Which what which, which film are you thinking about, Ben? I have no idea, but no it's idea. whatever <laughs> that movie is. But Empreg. So if you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> that joke is just for you. <laughs> God damn! Fantastic. It. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, Jack Nicholson's so sailor hat movie auto-completes the last detail. It's Empreg the last detail. <laughs> there you go. Or detail, as some might say. No, no, no we don't yeah, say I that. I wouldn't. Kind of, uh, yeah. If you would like thing. to impregnate Jack Nicholson, um, don't write in. <laughs> Keep that one to yourself. <laughs> yeah, just really, just don't tell anyone about that ever. R- write yeah. that thought in a piece of paper, put it in the bottom drawer of a chest of drawers, mm-hmm. and then never think about it again. You and yeah. Jack Nicholson want to have your basement family. Isn't that mm. kind of what The Shining's about? It's about him trying to have a basement family. He's doing cultural appropriation of Austrians. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That is my understanding of He's what the, film, the Shining is about. 
That guy is extremely problematic in his behaviour. Toxic. And I think it's time we talked about it. Why does no one talk about it? No one Mm. in the movie is telling him, hey, this is wrong. So it's hard to tell how I'm meant to feel about his actions. Yeah, like no one's calling Mm. him out on his behaviour. I feel like they should have added in a scene where they determine whether or not his behaviour is moral or immoral. Yeah. Or White maybe like some kind of siren. White men who aren't understanding that he yeah, isn't maybe there to be some, yeah. <laughs> Just a bunch of people watching it being like, yeah, my wife and kid are really annoying. He's right. <laughs> That's sort of watching it as a kind of 70s stand-up thing. They're just like, yeah, I hate my wife too. Mm. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, all, uh, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. It, yeah, it, burnout is a big problem <laughs> in the modern world, you know? And the also, shining is an American hour. I faked yeah. the moon landing as well. All of that, all of that's true. Who did? Oh, the, the Jack, there's that whole Jack uh, faked the. Oh, what that it was Kubrick that faked the moon. Well, no, I, yeah, Jack I'll Nicholson would have been too busy. He was acting so Jack much. Jack Nicholson's the time. got stuff on. Yeah, got, got too busy posing for Empreg imagery. Yeah, Nicholas Cage played the moon. It was his first major <laughs> role. <laughs> moon play. I really want to dress up as a moon, and then I want you to dress as Neil Armstrong and tread on me. That's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Daddy. I only want to Mm. do it with uh, one-sixth of your full body weight. Yeah, that's right. Um, And then I want another guy to dress up as Michael Collins and look at us from afar. (laughs) (laughs) I want Kubrick there with his camera. Yeah, Michael Collins had a cock fetish. (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) So, um, it's like an eyes wide shut party, but with the moon. That's all right. Yeah. Mm. What was the moon landing? But um, right. So <laughs> we've got so much episode left yeah, to get we through. Do, yeah. Um. So the, uh, she asked George about getting a nose job because she says she's thought about it. George is George. Kind of is trying to say him like he's not telling her to get a nose job while trying to get her to get a nose job. He's like, if it makes you happy. Unfortunately, we live in a very superficial society. Um, Elaine attempts to intervene to prevent her from getting a nose job. Um, we then cut to uh, George and Jerry, um, uh, who George says, I'm going straight to hell. I convinced her to get a nose job. And they remark that she's she's had the nose job now and she's going to take the bandages off soon. Um, also, uh, then Jerry starts explaining about how things are going with the hot chick from the elevator. That she's really hot and it's like the best sex of his life. Uh, but she's really annoying. And it's like a chess match between his dick and his mind. Now, before I watched this episode, you said Jerry's storyline is very you. And then as soon as this came up, I was like, ah. Ah. Uh. Sorry. But this sorry, is, to sorry be honest, for the bodying. This is 50% better than most of my encounters, which are like, yeah, it's not the best sex of my yeah. life. And I still find it annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you dislike them and, they not, and they're not even that hot. Like, that's the... Yeah. No, if they're hot and annoying, I just go out with them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have the compunctions that Jerry has. It's just, yeah, it's like the bit when he's just like, oh, she's like, she is so despicable, but I just, but she's just so, so beautiful. Um, I'm just like, oh, it's Milo. (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoy that there's like a specific sort of facet of, uh, you know, like cultural standards of beauty tend to change over time of what sort of bodies we think are in, what sort of fashions yeah. are in, hairstyles and all that, where, mm. like, you watch stuff from 
the 80s and 90s where you can tell from the camera work and the way the characters are responding to someone is that we're meant to look at them and immediately be like, like, oh, my God. Drop dead gorgeous. And, like, I was watching mm. some Cheers the other week and, like, there's moments where, like, the crowd starts making, like, sort of whooping noises when someone walks in. You're like, yeah, that's like a lady dressed mm. kind of normally. I don't really- Oh, we're meant to think that this is the hottest woman we've ever seen in our entire lives. Yeah. We definitely got that from- Is it Isabel? Yeah. Is that the character's name? Yeah, Isabel. Oh, by the way. one of those really high-waisted pants. Mm. Is, uh, it? Or is it? Or is it, is it not just like a belt round a, round a big shirt? That's another classic. I think the nineties nineties like uh, Playboy bunnies were all wearing those thongs where like the straps were like above the hips. Well, that's yeah, come that's back. A crazy it has cool kind of come back. back. No, no, yeah. no, no, that's come that's come back. The extreme, mm. like because it's, it's they're not quite as extreme as they were, but it's they, yeah. supposed to make you look like you've got uh, like a kind of hip waist ratio, but it does, I think, look a bit like I like I think a high waist. I think high waisted knickers. I think they're good. I think mm. they're a good thing, and I'm very happy that's they're back. That's why I own several pairs. Uh, delighted to hear it. I'm <laughs> very happy they're back. Ladies. I'm very happy that we finally have come to an end of those, like, low-cut hipster things that are sort of shaped mm. like kind of men's Y-fronts, but, like, are lace. Because oh, yeah. they, are, they, are the, they are the most uncomfortable fucking things in the world. Mm-hmm. They're like they're like wearing a fucking cheese wire. Not designed for the wagon lady. They are not designed for the wagon lady. They're designed for the no hips, no bum girls, which are you know, mm. they deserve love too. Fair play to the, them. The flat, <laughs> like if if their wagon has been rolled over and flattened into the earth, then they deserve a cut of cut of mm. underwear. But I'm very happy to see a return to the to the the warmth. Yeah, the warmth shaping the butt. Um, Mm. They create a sort of uh, odd optical illusion where, like, they are, they sort of adjust how you view someone's, you know, like hip to waist ratio, right? Like you were saying. Yeah. Because the way they sit upwards. But they also, if you allow your mind to be tricked by that, you reset where you think someone's waistline is. And it's way closer to their armpits than it was before. <laughs> yeah. You're like, look at this long legged <laughs> beauty like, who has the shortest torso I've like, ever seen these, in my like, life. like tiny little, like, ribs mm-hmm. just like, bing, 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 bing. Yeah, like a, yeah, like one of those like kind of seabirds that has very, very lo- that has kind of very long legs, and then this like tiny little body, tiny and it's little just like kind body. Of, yeah, yeah, like mm. or like that, um, like that desert wolf like that has the really like long heron. legs. Oh, Rommel. <laughs> Rommel. <laughs> oh. You know what I'm into? Erwin Rommel. Herons in pants. <laughs> mm. That is right. A, a the most heron like Nazi. Rommel mm. was he like a heron? The desert I heron, know. I believe I'm that's riff- what they called him. Yeah, mm. I- I'm riffing on what Ben was saying. To be honest, I don't know how leggy <laughs> Rommel was. <laughs> I don't, no know, if, I don't know if Rommel was a real scorcher. Did not get uh, the measurements on Rommel. I have not memorized those, unfortunately. Mein Damen und Herren. <laughs> Going on MrSkin.com to try and find racy footage of Erwin Rommel. And a wiki leg, seeing if they've come. I can't remember start, why we started talking wiki about feet. Why did we start talking about It's just zoomed this? in pictures of jack boots. <laughs> or like, what do herons have? Do they have like talons? Like webbed feet, I think, herons. They? They're wading birds, aren't they? Yeah, but they don't have webbed feet because they have to, because they catch things. So they have to, out of the... Don't they catch them with their mouth, though, don't they? Because they have like no, a really long beak. they catch things with their claws. I'm absolutely Talons. googling herons here. I'm fucking heron feet. <laughs> I've tried not to gum up my <laughs> search history here. Let's get you on some like kind of weird sort of watch mm. list. 
Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Ben's having to a pay a ten dollar of... a month subscription to look at hair and feet here. There's no webbing here. Not seeing any webbing at all. This is just Do sort they of have a long. They're, they're talon esque, but they're quite dexterous because they're picking up all crabs pick, and shit. They're picking up fish. Have you got pick, Have you got footage of a heron picking up a fish? Uh oh, I've got one that's got a sort of a. It just says tiny mammal. That's not helpful to me. I can identify oh, yeah. it as a tiny yeah, mammal. Yeah, there we go. They're a bit like chicken feet. Yeah. Mm. Oh, they're quite alarming, actually. This is fucking awful. Mm. So this article I'm reading here just says tiny mammal and small mammal. It never says what kind of. Oh, it's a weasel. No, I'm not angry anymore. Mm. We've identified the tiny mammal. Okay. Hmm. Okay. And just picture that in your mind. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, That's herons. That's, That's, <laughs> That's been the heron segment, the heron report. And the, um, uh, and yeah. the uh, underwear fashion commentary. I think, mm. Ben, what you're saying is that it's like really weird that this woman is supposed to be the hottest woman alive. Yeah, and it's certainly- uh, Because she's just a normal looking woman in a dress. Certainly not an unattractive woman. No. Wouldn't say that. Mm. But it pulls you out of the whole sort of conceit of the bit if you're like, I don't know, if she's driving you insane, you could probably just maybe stop dating her. I don't think it's all that- yeah. Also, I can't get mm. over any time I've watched any Seinfeld and there's a plotline involves Jerry's sex life. Imagining Jerry Seinfeld as a sexual human being seems like an absurd ask to me and also an absurd ask of any audience. They're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, this guy fucks mm. and he fucks good. And we're meant to believe mm. he fucks good with hot people who also yeah. fuck good. It's not Jerry believable. Seinfeld eating pussy, just doing bits into the clitoris. Oh, God damn. Hmm. Mm. Yelling his workshop, workshopping like right, like just right into your pussy. Bellowing into the pussy, a, a Masters of Our Domain classic. Um, yeah, well, I it is it is. What's odd. the deal with longshoremen? <laughs> <laughs> Lighthouse keepers. Why are they so high up? Steve Doors. What's Why next? Why do they have to Gary keep Dawes? the lighthouse? Why can't they share it? <laughs> Lighthouse keepers are landlords. A new bit, rock lords. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got a big light, but no lamp. Um, anyway, I think uh, Jerry <laughs> perfectly reasonably has man on stage syndrome. I'm like, I'm willing to defend this point. Uh, yeah. There are there are comedians of whom I am aware who are mm. far worse looking than him. Who definitely, definitely are. They're not yeah. like drowning in or anything, but they're definitely they're definitely drowning in the pussy. There, there's definitely a like kind a of lighthouse keeper. There's definitely a buffet situation that, buffet that, that is situation. available to them. Yeah, <laughs> it's not even so much his appearance. It's more that like you imagine uh, imagine Jerry Seinfeld as someone who is fully losing himself in sex. Right? He's like. He is uninhibited <laughs> and he's just present and he is there and it's you can't. He's a man who's always sort of confecting his personality and how he's talking. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Very hard to yeah, imagine yeah. just you know, no, no, no. I can, no, sweaty I see, and I see, lustful. No, I see what yeah. you mean. But just like just 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 on this, like my my friend told me this story about how during lockdown his flatmate used to just get like a carrier bag full of oysters and just eat <laughs> right. them over the sink. Like you're eating a bowl of cocoa pops or something, mm. um, and he would just do this, like filling the sink up with milk and cocoa like, pops would be <laughs> great. Just like, just like once, just once twice a week, he would just like just get this bag and just eat the oysters out of the bag. 
Wouldn't fancy that. No, no, and like just like just he would like I don't know where he got them. By I the end, he'd he was so aroused. Have, like a guy or something, <laughs> an oyster um, guy. And uh, he's going to the local mechanic and buying oysters off him behind the till. <laughs> yeah, and uh, there's a big oyster shortage in the UK during the first lockdown. And my mate showed me a picture of this guy's girlfriend, who's uh-huh. extremely fit. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> Well, if he eats the pussy like he eats oysters. <laughs> In many ways, eating an oyster is eating pussy. Oyster is the pussy. He doesn't even have to take your pants off. He just slurps it right out of there. Oh, come on, man. (laughs) Squeezing a lemon on the pussy. I like mine with shallot vinegar. First of all, I like to get a chick to sit on some chipped ice. And then. (laughs) And then what I do. um, Yeah. That's what happens if she's a lizard. She's got to cool her down first. That's right. Because she's been on the TV. <laughs> inside your TV. It's <laughs> got overheated. Yeah. Yeah. If only there were women inside my TV. Right. <laughs> um, so. Uh, there are girls in the TV. That's, <laughs> yeah. um, so Jerry <laughs> has, um, he, he went to Kramer and got Kramer to destroy this girl's number so that he can go like cold turkey on seeing her. Um, and then they then we cut to them like she's the girl with the nose job is removing the uh, the bandages Audrey, mm-hmm. and then George is like, remember, I encourage you to do this, um, which is a weird move. I feel like let's wait, you know, George. Yeah. You know, are you not aware that you're in a sitcom right now? I would wait mm. until we see the results here. I feel that you're setting yourself up for a fall here, pal. So are you not aware that you're in a sitcom? It'd be yeah. fucking weird if there was like a kind of alienation technique kind of Brecht episode where they just suddenly realise they're in a sitcom. Yeah, like, all out of focus. Like the last episode of um, Biker Grove. Oh. The last episode of Biker Grove. Ben, do you know what Biker Grove is? Not a clue, no. That sounds made up to me. Biker Grove <laughs> is a kid's... It's a long... It doesn't exist anymore, and but it was a long... that's what the actors long, in Biker Grove discovered. It was a long-running kids, uh, kids TV show set in a... Youth club in Newcastle. Mm. Biker Grove is a new youth club, right? It's not like a children's home or something. It was a school. It's not a school. It's I a youth I ne- club. I never watched it. I knew it was kids. I assumed it was. I thought. I thought it was like Northern Grange Hill. Grove. Yeah. Okay. No? Okay. Well, you could have done any. You could have done any theme tune, and I would have believed you. So. Could just resung the Twin Peaks theme tune. You'd been like, yeah, that sounds right. But yeah, in the last episode, like all the all the characters find out. That they are not real, oh! Which is such a fucking weird thing to have done. Mm. You died in a car out. crash ten years ago, Thomas. <laughs> I, like, I don't even think it's that. It's that they literally find out that they have been invented and confected, but have taken on a life beyond their writer's pens. Do you reckon maybe this was a situation where they wrap up on the penultimate episode? Not knowing it's the penultimate episode. They're told they're fired and they're like, and we'll just film the last script that you wrote. They're like, yep, absolutely. <laughs> write another script real write quick. Another script, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Given that it was all a dream treatment. Mm. You've seen the, uh, oh, PJ Eyes. What? You know when it's got Anton Deck in it? Yeah. And that l- then PJ and Duncan, mm-hmm. because their music career... Right. Anton Deck's short-lived music career was mm-hmm. as their Biker Grove characters. I didn't know about Anton Deck's music career. Yes, you do. You- <laughs> yes, you do. Like, but this is not interesting for you to hear. We're gonna come. We're gonna come back. I to know it. that they're the two annoying guys from the TV. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that's they're as in far there as with the lizards. Goes. And they <laughs> be annoying too. <laughs> you got you got lizards out coming out my TV, man. 
You got the we lizards. We could get lizards in tune. Got this. Got your lizards. Um, yeah. So Ant and Dex started live on Biker Grove right. as two characters played. Called, who were called PJ and Duncan. Yeah, they were created in a lab to created be on the show lab, Biker Grove. Yeah. And one of them is blinded by a paintball gun. I, I love the little like morals <laughs> they put in British kids TV where don't, it's don't like fuck it, don't take drugs, don't pl- don't play paintball, don't get involved with someone whose girlfriend has just died who will try and like dress you up as his girlfriend because that would be bad. Making you wear those story high waisted pants. <laughs> Do you know what happened to the girlfriend who died? It's because she like electro- she electrocutes herself on a hairdryer. <laughs> hey, be careful around hairdryers. That's the moral of this show. Yeah. Wait, did they actually include the plot of Vertigo as a plot arc in that? <laughs> yeah. It's also the plot of what women want. He gets electrocuted by a hairdryer, and that's how he no, knows he what women are thinking. No, he doesn't. He, get, he hits his head, doesn't he, after tripping over the ball bearings? No, he gets electrocuted in the bath All by I a hairdryer. I'm pretty sure he's... Isn't he like walking down an alleyway and then some power transformers explode overhead or some shit happens and then he loses it in the that's bathtub? At the end. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. That's at the end. It's the reverse. Mm-hmm. He gets it in the bathtub and then he loses it with the. He gets electrocuted on the street. Oh, I can't believe I forgot that. That's crazy. I know. It's almost as though you're not taking the film What Women Want very seriously, Ben. <laughs> I know. I also don't they- <laughs> take What Women Want very seriously in real life either. That's right. Mm. Nor mm. should you. We've had it too easy for too long. I'm fucking sick of it. And the real truth is, women don't know what they want. Uh, and they was, he was just imagining it. I'll tell you what they want. They want men to be imagining their dick and their brain playing chess. Mm. What was... women want is for men to book a restaurant and tell them where they're going. To be fair, that is what I want. Yeah. I don't want to choose. I don't no. want to pick. Uh, do you know how they do nose jobs still? They just, they just break your nose with a they chisel and reshape They literally just like, fucking it, break your nose with a hammer. It's like it's 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 nuts that they haven't found a like a better way of doing it. Mm. I mean, sometimes the simplest ways just are the best. <laughs> That's yeah, true. That is I, uh, right. I was, I was reading this. My, I was, sorry. Oh, it's it's not that interesting. Uh, when I was like in my early twenties, I fucked up my nose, kind of bad, but not really bad. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I was a fucking idiot, and I was young. Yeah, I didn't realize that I'd fucked up my nose. My like the cartilage in my nose was just kind of floating around, and I was like. Mm. I think that's what noses normally feel like, so I'm going to ignore this. And then a week later, it reattached itself, but wrong. Ooh, and then I was uh, like, uh, okay, I should probably get something done about this. And then went to a doctor and they were just like, yep, yeah, your nose is definitely wrong now. Uh, we could fix this, but we, we'd have to basically smash your face in to do it. So do you really want to do this? And I was like, oh, no, I guess not. Anyway, now oh. I've got a deviated septum and it's very hard to breathe. Now I'm on a waiting list to get my face smashed in. Uh, if only oh. I'd done it 10 years ago. Shit. I might have done it on the spot, If maybe. only you knew a McDonald's bouncer who could do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> Just gently pat me on the face, crushing my nose entirely. <laughs> yeah, just try fine. and steal some chips and you're just, that, then you're, <laughs> you're just grand. You get punched in the face of the McDonald's bouncer and you're like, I'm finally free. Thank I, you. I was reading a thing today about mm. how they used to do lobotomies. You know how they used mm. to do lobotomies? Whereas now, the system, they've really streamlined it for doing lobotomies. <laughs> you know, it's, it's much better now. Honestly, don't be put off getting a lobotomy because now if you go and get it done, it's very straightforward. It's true, it's true. It's a lot, it's yeah, you a just lot more empowering posts on Twitter. Experience. Am I right? I was going to say, just listen to this podcast. Yeah. They put an ice pick through your eye. Well, don't do that. And if they like wiggle it, and then they kind of like wiggle it around, and if they wiggle it the wrong way, you're dead. <laughs> That's mm. fucking it. <laughs> they yeah. killed you. They were just trying to lobotomize Trotsky, actually. 
<laughs> were just, he was getting a bit uppity as and a housewife. Yeah, and they were doing this in like, like kind of ladies like kind of 1950s and 1960s, I think. <sighs> it's so mad that it's like in kind of, it's not recent memory, but it's definitely living memory that like, it's like, mm. yeah, medicine is where you just fucking put an axe through your skull and that will make you less depressed. Well, I love that like, the lobotomy was basically developed as like, how do you make women less like shopping? <laughs> well, we're going to try shoving an ice pick in their eyes, see if that helps. <laughs> Remove the shopping lobe of their brain. But That's unfortunately, right. that doesn't mean just taking out their entire brain. <laughs> One big shopping <laughs> lobe. <laughs> mm. Yeah, shopping dog's mm. breakfast. So anyway. You won't be talking about shoes again. But now. yeah, after you've had a nose job, um, you like, you have like, the most like profound like bruising around your eyes because you've basically had your nose broken by a hammer. Yeah, you mm. get that. Um, uh, is that a bilateral hematoma? Yeah, is that what that is. I think so. Is that mm. that? That sounds more serious than. I what mean, I'm that's saying. just what they call. I think it's a bilateral hematoma. Hematoma is just a bruise, basically. Oh, yeah. So oh. it's like any kind of like bleeding under the skin. I think. I, I, when I was at school, a friend's sister had uh, had a nose job, and no one had told me that she had. And I went round to their house, and she had these fucking tubes coming out of her nose with blood in them and like two black eyes and like a kind of swollen face and like kind of purple lips and stuff and I was like Jesus fucking Christ what happened to you and she was like I don't know job and I was like oh cool I hope it looks good like but yeah so mm. they don't show this in Seinfeld which uh, no. betrays a uh, worrying lack of lack commitment of realism. to realism yeah um she, anyway, she reveals her face. Kramer's like, you got butchered. George faints. Um, we cut to a scene where George is going, it didn't come out too well. Elaine's like, no, it didn't. Um, Jerry goes to Kramer to beg him for the girl's number back. And Kramer's like, you need help. Um, and then it's established that the girl's nose now looks fucked up, but we don't see it. No. Um, mm, and then It's left to our good imaginations as to what mm. sort of fucked upness it takes. Yeah. We're talking Michael Jackson, late in his life. Yeah. Mickey Rourke's nose generally. Hard to say. Mm. Yeah, she got Westbrook. a sort of Lawrence Delalio thing going on. Mm. We don't know. We can't say. Do I mean Daniela Westbrook? Yeah, she had, she was the one who had the her septum completely eroded by cocaine. Oh, but that was just tragic, wasn't it? That was just sad. Look, she had a fun time. Um, she probably did. Yeah, fair, fair yeah, play. So, um, fair play to Daniela. Audrey is trying to convince George to go on holiday with her, and he's like, he's like, oh, you couldn't convince me to get on the plane right now. I mean, you can go. I won't be mad. Um, and then. Uh, she breaks up with him at that point. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I thought the moral of this episode is very weird. Uh, Jerry is, we got to Jerry reading, reading the lines with the chick from the elevator, who is also an actress. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's being very annoying. We then get an actual visualization of his dick and his brain playing chess. I like the personified dick. I like that then that they, that they can't, quite bring themselves to go far enough to actually dress him up as a dick so they just give him a little like kind of world war one helmet which yeah. <laughs> adds a kind of interesting sort mm. of tenor to the proceedings yeah it looks like something from like one of those weird minimalist 70s polish sci-fi movies <laughs> <laughs> this is the garb of the future <laughs> this is the year 2030 <laughs> in the future and everyone, everyone is dressed like as Jerry Seinfeld's dick yeah that's right. <laughs> that's that's called respect. That's right. It's just basic manners. Um, and we also then cut to Kramer and Elaine, who are at the guy's place trying to get the jacket back. Um, it feels like a kind of phoned-in plotline, Kramer's storyline. It's a bit kind of like, 
Yeah. Like they have like it ends up with uh this guy insulting Kramer's mother without realizing mm. because as far as he's concerned he's a Shakespeare academic and yeah. then they have a fight and then he doesn't get the jacket back and that sort of it? Oh, he does get the jacket back, does but he, he has to like mm. fight the guy for it because the guy's like insulting Kramer's mother, not knowing that Kramer oh. is Kramer. And then so then uh, okay. he like starts on the guy, but then they still get the jacket back. Oh, so very Kramer's much a, a big kind guy. of back no. to square one. Is Kramer a big enough guy that no one's ever going to fuck with him? I don't know. Could Kramer do the... It's quite wiry. Could Kramer do the shaking his head? He combines no, 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 the no. massive guy and wiry psycho energy. Yeah, he's yes, got that... Um, the like that very specific sort of energy where if you see a specific type of guy get on the train, you just don't look at him because you're like you can tell yes. from your peripheral vision that this guy yeah. will start a loud fight with anyone who looks at him. So you just don't. He's yeah. got that energy mm. to him. He does, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's you don't travel wanna, you don't tips from ha- Ben. There. You don't want to have a conversation mm. with Michael Richards about what you're reading because <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just. No, it can only and it will end, start with an innocuous tears. question <laughs> yeah. every time. Mm. Yeah. What are you up to tonight, mate? Uh, this is obviously a very localised Australian experience, <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you got to know them. you got to know what they or, look or like. Or even just a normal question that you can't really re- not respond to without seeming like you are you are yourself completely mad. Like asking mm. you if you've got the time or like if you know if this is like the train to Morden or whatever. Like that's mm. like that kind of shit. You're like, nah, it's not going to Morden. We're in Australia, mate. <laughs> I mean, it could be going to Moreton Bay, maybe. That's uh, yeah, all right. very oh, close Morton to here. Yeah. Mm. I had a guy the other morning sort of stop me while I was, I was walking my dog, and like he started very enthous- enthusiastically saying like hello to the dog in a way like he recognized the dog, and I was like, oh, this might actually just mm. be like a mate of my ex's, and like maybe he actually does know the dog. Whatever, he sort of patting the dog. I'm like, great, start chatting to him, and then eventually he's just like, looks up at me, he's like, do you have any ketamine? And I'm like- <laughs> 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 it's like nine in the morning on like a Tuesday. I'm just like, um, no, I, I don't. The throw brother out, that's, mate. That's, that, is, that is an astonishingly good use of a life. Oh, and then he told me a wonderful story that he clearly thought was very like a charming, fun mm-hmm. anecdote about how uh, I think maybe this got this weekend just gone. He was in charge of getting uh, bags, like getting some coke for a. A box party on the weekend, mm-hmm. and then instead got them ketamine, but didn't tell anyone. Oh, uh, fuck. and then basically took out the box party entirely, like just put them all out of commission. Yeah, and it was like mm. sort of just be like, Haha, it was great. Yeah, and I'm like, no, oh, that doesn't sound great. It actually, just sounds like you sort of almost poisoned a room full of people. Yeah, and then stopped mm. them from doing anything that they wanted to do. You yeah. snort too much cat, can't you? I mean, it, you can technically die if you snort too much coke, I think. Yeah, I know, but oh, like- doesn't sound like you sure? just have a bad idea. <laughs> no, 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 no. Coke is a healthy food stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's, it's for vegans. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I look, don't know. Well, yeah. Look, it was, also, it was particularly upsetting because it was a party for recovering horses. <laughs> um, and so he really set a lot of them back, you know. Uh, he, he part of the anecdote that he was telling was being like, well, one of the guys there was a doctor and he was getting really angry at me. And I'm like, okay, it sounds like he was probably probably right to be angry at you. And then he yeah. just walked off. And then I saw him start another conversation with another random group of people. And I thought, hey, good luck to those guys. Have a great morning. There you go. He's just trying to find Ketamine. Mm. And then end up but bringing my, cocaine instead. My uh, My crazy guy radar was off that day. 
I should have mm. noticed. I should have mm. noticed at my peripheral vision and just not spoken to him. Yeah, but I, he thought he recognized that dog. He's a very like, charming dog. Like I don't blame him. He's very handsome, handsome beast. Yeah. To be fair, I I, I think I greet dogs like I know them, mm. like I recognize them. Phoebe, the beast appreciator, Roy. <laughs> I do appreciate a beast. I saw Friend a, of beast. Saw a really good dog on my way here, and mm. I properly did it. Gave it the hello, hello oh. kind of treatment. Oh, what lovely! Yeah. Did you then ask the owner if they had any ketamine? <laughs> uh, yes, but no. I ask everyone that. <laughs> no, because I Cold knew manners. he had. Yeah, that's right. And I was like, how much? Um. Right, yeah. So then we get a fun little gag uh, where uh, uh, Jerry tells the actress that he doesn't think it, this is working, and then she like confusedly looks at the script. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I that mm. I found that very triggering. Having like as a recovered actor shagger, I find that mm. I found that a very kind of like oh no, an actor botherer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a thespophile. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Recovering, recovering. Five yeah. years. I've got my little got. I've got my little like kind of like got a little kind of like kind of gold Ian McKellen, which I like wear on a necklace mm. to remind myself. Do you get like a ninety day chip when yeah. you've not been? Yeah. yeah. Also in the shape of Ian McKellen. Yeah, that's good. Um, it's a very good business for the the one place that makes like metallic casts of Ian McKellen. They're doing <laughs> yeah, bumper it's trade. Business. It's good. It's good business. Yeah, the, she's cause she's cold turkey now. She's in recovery. She can't even take her to improv. It's too close. Yeah, <laughs> if she got the slightest hint of a yes and, she'd be back. She'd be back using again. Yes and is what I say when I come. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. <laughs> Um, good. Um, so, uh, right, yeah, then uh, we get to basically, uh, th- they're in the cafe, Audrey comes in, her nose is now fixed, and she's hot now, mm. so George is experiencing regret, but she's now dating Kramer. Um, Seems like a very uh, cheap punchline for the episode. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. it ties together the two plot lines, but you're like... It, it yeah. has that whole feeling of being like, I know exactly where this is going. Yeah. But they still play it out for the audience's benefit, which is- And, uh, and, and, mm. and also, like, there are more than these three thoroughly unacceptable men in New York. Like, yeah. because she's hot now- Kramer she negged she, her she's into not like, She's not, like, obliged to go out with one of these three men. Yeah. She could go and find someone else. Kramer was yeah, the first meeting pickup people artist. Is hard. He um, told her she had a nose job. She got the nose job. Yeah, and then he reduced her self-esteem enough that she was like, I need to fuck this man. I like the uh, shut up callback. Hmm? Mm. Yeah, that's when, honestly like, like when, both like, of those are like the best bits of dialogue in that whole episode, I reckon. Yeah. Because it's yeah. just friends being shit to each other in a really yeah. beautiful way. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's what we do like to see. I also, I also like, uh, as a line of dialogue, I like it when uh, George is talking about whether the penis or the brain wins. And he says mm. that you know, penis wins until you're forty. Right. And Jerry says, "Well, what happens when you're forty? And Jerry says, "Well, he still wins, but it's not a washout." Mm. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah. You know and then what? We... You know what? This show is is yeah. a it's a well written it's a well written. It's an undiscovered gem. Is Seinfeld uh, actually? And I, I reckon it could. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't have much broad appeal, but I reckon it yeah. could be a cult Look hit out for relative unknowns. Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David. Um, and then we end with a bit where Seinfeld oh, is do. going in on the nose job. 
And he's like, they call it rhinoplasty. Oh, my fucking yeah. God. I was like, why I, do you I have to insult that bit so bad. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, okay, fair enough. He's not, a, he's not an etymologist. No. We can't all be an etymologist. Jerry Seinfeld etymologist is another cursed bit. <laughs> <laughs> but rhinoceroses are called rhinos because mm. rhino means nose, not because nose means like a rhino. Mm. Yeah. It's not. It's it just means nose. Yeah, the logic and he's is being backwards. deliberately obtuse for the sake of the joke he is, as well. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. he knows. I'm going to say he, he almost definitely knows that. He knows. Almost. Like you get a guy going in for hair plugs and they say, yes, we're going to perform a cue ballectomy. And just, Again, yeah. that doesn't, uh, yeah, that guy's doesn't make sense. guy's being very sensitive about being bald is a funny mm. bit. That doesn't make any sense, though. A cue ballectomy would mean that you would like just, just take off the head. The head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, the Look, we can't cure your baldness, but we can just take your head off. <laughs> yeah. Not bald now. He does now. like three <laughs> variations on that as well. He's like cue ballectomy, chrome dome something. Like, yeah. But he's yeah. also, the line, the way that he's doing it, the line reader's delivered as if it's off the cuff, like he's thinking of these off the top of his mm. head. He's doing yeah. little uh, uh, pauses. You're like, well, you clearly haven't. And also- those jokes aren't good enough if they were written material. This is terrible. Yeah. You could have yeah. picked one of those to make your point. <laughs> I love that all the like also all the folksy American insults all suck. Like just calling someone a chrome dome because they're bald. Like calling someone a slaphead oh, is yeah. way better. Oh yeah, slaphead is it's so visceral. I think Americans yeah. just haven't discovered the pure visceral joy of just calling someone a cunt and then being done with it. You know, like yeah. Yeah. you have to come up with some weird thing. I'm like, yeah. no, he's just he's a fucking repressed. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. that guy like? Oh, he's a bloody he's he's a dick. Oh, okay, I'm done. See, that wasn't hard. Doesn't have to rhyme or anything. <laughs> Last night, my mate was telling me he'd, he'd encountered a new like uh, Essex expression as an insult for someone with a big head, which I'd never heard before, despite being from Essex, mm-hmm. which is referring to someone as Sniper's Dream. <laughs> <laughs> Very fun. That is good. I'm going to use that because I was talking about someone I know who's got a large head. And complaining about the size of the head. I've got quite a big head, but it's big like front to back. So it doesn't, if you're looking at me straight on, it's not like immediately obvious. It's in in proportion. All right, all right. Come on, give us the stamp. It's quite the stamp look. It's quite a large. It's pose for an 1800s cameo. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If I ever have to get a size, I have to get like the biggest size. He doesn't have a big head. He's got a (laughs) normal size head. If you're going to have the extra size on one axis, you don't want yeah. it to be on your vertical. You certainly don't want it to be on your width. You've got the the preferable one of the three. I think so, yeah. yeah. People tend mm. to be looking at you from an angle where it's not obvious. Yeah. If it, yeah. the, to, to the bird's eye view, I would appear to have a large head, but otherwise... Yeah, have a if big you could maybe wear... No, I don't. Like, you've got clothes that constitute a dazzle camouflage, so none of the lines are straight lines. You could give people no reference point for when you're looking directly ahead. And then they'd never be able to tell. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Maybe oh, you got get those, your, uh, your eyes reinstalled on the side of your head. And then no one <laughs> like a hammerhead it. shot. Yeah. A chameleon even. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah. And I try and <laughs> disguise myself on a plaid skirt. We come seamlessly full circle. <laughs> As ever. And I think that's, it remains for us <laughs> only to thank Ben very much for joining us. Hey, thank ben, you so thank much you for so having much. me. Uh, Is there anything you'd like me to third? Of the four people from our podcast, I appreciate that very much. Well, one above the, uh, um, you know, Theo. Theo really, you know, it's going to be awkward when we have Theo on. Yeah. Mm. Maybe we should just never have him on. <laughs> it would be I mean, too that would probably. <laughs> that'd probably be his dream. He hates doing things generally. He's not much of a doer. He's barely even an exister. He doesn't enjoy it. 
Oh, and fair play to him. Fair play. Never yeah. put me in a situation. Can, yeah, never put me in a situation. Every you need someone to balance out Andrew Law, a man who's just always having a lovely time. Yeah. He sure is that piece of fucking shit. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> it's deeply strange. We'll have conversations on the podcast where we're just like three of us will be like, "Yep, we've all had real problems with depression," and Andrew's just like, "I feel fine. I'm great. <laughs> I've I've made a lovely steak." <laughs> Just spending Love some time with my beautiful wife. Yeah. <laughs> gone out and taken 500 pictures of a jackdaw. Yeah. Oh, I've gone out I'm and said his morning to some wildlife. Like, <laughs> Andrew's, Andrew's morning bird content, like, seriously, it gives me something to get out of bed I, for. I was on a first Tinge date a while back. I definitely told you this story. And the, Andrew's video of him talking to a magpie was so <laughs> in my head that I had to explain Andrew Law to this girl so that I could show her the video. And I'm was like, he says good just... morning to a bird. <laughs> This one's where it's just him yelling sir at birds, I find particularly. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, you should you should really follow Andrew Law on Yeah, that's on that's my plug. Yeah. Uh follow Illy Motion on Twitter. Yeah. So wonderful for dipshit of a man. Conversations. Um mm. yeah. Is there anything you'd actually like to plug other than Andrew's birds? Uh yeah. You should uh check out at least one episode of the podcast, Bunta Vista. And if you don't like it, please don't let us know. I'd it's hate a lovely, to, soothing hate podcast. It is, it's, yeah. a, it's, it's gentle because we're all slow as fuck. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say, if anything, Ben is one of the less soothing voices on it. And Ben has a very soothing voice. So yeah. if you like to be soothed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's my recommendation. Soothe yourself yeah, with uh, stories about holes, largely. <laughs> the A N the A N A S M R stands for Australian. Not a lot of people know that. Mm. That's right. That's right. Mm. Yeah. Fact, Phoebe's <laughs> factual factoid corner there. Um, and uh, yeah, we have a Patreon. Uh, it's three dollars a month if you want the bonus episodes, and it's five dollars a month if you want the movie corner as well. Um, yeah, there's a movie corner out already with Eleanor Yanniger where we talk about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. There is. So you know, check that out. Um, and otherwise we'll see you next week on the bonus feed or in two weeks on the free feed bye 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 bye